know about that, but there's always a horrible smell when they've gone. I had to explain to the poor dear that this didn't rule out the political meeting, but only narrowed the field. That didn't make her any happier. She'd lived at the studio for some years, and was naturally right off anything which might smirch its fair name. And by the time I'd hinted at a few even less reputable possibilities, friend Margaret was in a proper stew about her tenant, Lessie or whatnot. It was all we could do to prevent her from dashing back and giving him notice on the spot. I said, you can't do that, at least you can't without some good reason. And in any case, we advised her not to go chucking away five guineas a week without taking steps to find out what was going on. They'd have to be fairly discreet steps, because Papas evidently did not want anyone to know what he was doing. I said, do you lock your bedroom door on these occasions? And she said, yes, of course I do. So I said, very well then, the thing's easy. All you've got to do is leave someone concealed in your bedroom, and they can watch through a hole in the matchboarding. Then if everything is all right, there's no harm done. Whereas if it isn't all right, you can make any old excuse to give Papas the push, or put the rent up. And incidentally, Bag's eye being locked in the bedroom. This idea wasn't approved of at first, but as no one could think of anything better, it was decided to give it a trial. Perhaps it will make things easier if I tell you what the studio is like before going any further. It's on the ground floor of a large building, which consists of nothing but studios, and it's in a turning off King's Road, Chelsea. There's a main entrance, of course, with a few steps up to it, and then you go along a gloomy stone passage, and it's the first door on the left. Inside, it's not half bad as studios go. Overall, it must be 40 feet long and 30 feet wide, and I should think it's at least 18 feet high. There's a wide gallery stretching right across one end, to your left as you go in, and there's a flight of stairs leading up to it. As you look at it from the studio door, the stairs are on the left-hand end, and there's a door at the top, because the whole thing has been boarded in right up to the ceiling to form a bedroom. The space underneath is also enclosed, and it's divided up into the kitchen, bathroom and so on. If you've managed to follow all this, you'll see that the bedroom might have been built for an observation post. At all events, on the following Tuesday, I arrived at the studio just before six, armed with a half-inch drill. While Miss Bradshaw was tidying up and putting away her personal belongings, I bored three holes wide apart in the bedroom partition. I chose places where they were in shadow so that they wouldn't show, and to make absolutely sure, we painted their insides with sepia to match the surrounding woodwork. When they were finished, they gave between them quite a decent view of the entire studio. And by the time we'd done all this, it was getting on for seven and not safe to talk any longer. So I went up to the bedroom and locked myself in, and she just hung about down below, evidently getting scared stiff. I thought, if Babas keeps us waiting at all, she'll get into such a state that she'll give the show away. But fortunately, he was dead on time. There was a furtive ring at the bell, and she let him in. He was a weird-looking individual, and I took a dislike to him on sight. But that's nothing to go by. I object on principle to anyone who wears comic clothes. This bloke had on a black felt hat with a broad brim, a long black cape, and one of those large floppy ties. That was black too. 
He might have done all right for a sculptor on the stage, but he didn't impress me over much. I've seen real ones, and they most of them look like plasterers mates. When he did eventually take his hat off, I almost wished he hadn't, because his face was so thoroughly poisonous. They didn't waste any time. She handed him a latchkey. He gave her an envelope, and out she went. But Papas didn't seem to be taking any chances. He listened at the door until she was well away, and then he went out too with his hat on. My first idea was that he was making certain that she'd left the building, but he was gone such a long time that I thought he must have smelt a rat and cleared off. He was away for at least twenty minutes. Then there was the sound of a key in the door, and he came back with three men and two women. They brought with them a couple of suitcases and a whopping great theatrical hamper. You know, like a washing basket.